to Mind Crime Liberty Show with me, Swithin Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we're joined by Natty to discuss men, women, and society in the 21st century. Uh, Natty is a home educating mother of three, anti-feminist, and has had her hand in the men's rights um, campaigns over the years. So Natty, uh, what do you think are the major lies society tells to both men and women about their role in society? Hello, thank you for having me on, first of all. Um, so the major lies, well, I think that the biggest one is that men and women are um, equal. And I guess when I say equal, um, I'm using that um, to say that men and women are the same or they have the same capacity and uh, the same strengths and weaknesses. And they do not. So I think that's the the, the main one, the, probably the, the one that starts everything else off. Um, and I, I suppose other lies that society tells men and women um, is that men, that women are overly um, interested in a career. And um, even though they tend to um, go along with this idea when they're younger or they seem to think it's a good idea when they're very young, you know, like a teenage years or something. Um, but in my experience and in fact, all the evidence in studies have actually demonstrate the fact that they they really are not that interested in career over family um over relationships they're more relationship focused than men are um and i suppose that then leads on to uh the lie that women can wait until any time in their lives to have children um over the age of 30 to 35 or even later um, and I think that one is come, really coming back to bite everyone in the bum presently. Um, and I suppose these those two points are focused on women. Um, but, you know, I think that um, men um, are also fed the, the lie that women are capable of the same amount of collective responsibility as men are. And I don't agree with that either. So, yeah, I think I think those are some three or four points. What, what do you mean by collective responsibility in this context? Um, so there's another YouTuber that I listen to sometimes who who like who stated that um, women were uh, made with broad hips and men, men were made with broad shoulders and shoulders are made for carrying things and carrying, you know, carrying a load, whereas um hips are are there for children to bounce on basically and so therefore um a, a woman shouldn't be carrying any kind of load um and I, I suppose that could mean various things you know you've got the physical context mainly um but in terms of having to make decisions about things in a in a um macro way you know in, in the pol in politics or if you're a ceo of a large company or um any any anything where you have a, a huge amount of responsibility i really don't think most women are cut out to do that personally and i you know if you'd have spoken to me 10 years ago i would have said oh yeah you know maybe we just need to give them a bit longer and they'll develop uh, they'll develop themselves a bit more and they'll be able to but honestly now i 
firmly convinced that they they're not um perhaps maybe five percent of them could but that might be even be a stretch it if m most women don't really want a career etc why do you think um sort of university admissions are primarily female these days i think even up to masters and possibly even phd level now uh, yeah. it would seem to be odd that they would go so high if ultimately that's not what they wanted to do um well how, what do you think the dynamic is there i think that when in the uk and this is i think this is the same for the west in general but um i will talk generally from the uk first because i'm in the uk um but i think actually i think it's worse in america but um you know when you go to school um in this country um you're sort of taught that success means going to university and um and this is applied to both men and women and i and i disagree with that for both men and women there's for other reasons we could talk about you know the fact that they've promoted academia to everyone and well they've promoted a version of academia to everyone but i won't call it academia <laughs> um but but um yeah so i think that we have this uh this idea that success means going to university and if you don't go to university then you haven't really moved your station in life you haven't um you haven't had any social mobility so it represents social mobility um the other angle which i don't think is always talked about i think some angles some people on on the internet do um people probably people from the um evolutionary psychology angle they the, that women probably are more attracted to going to university um, because of well for social mobility but also because they um, are I had polygamous by nature and so they want to find a man who is um, going to be at least the same status as them or or higher status and so going to university is how they do that and I don't even think that um, that that's not promoted to women in that way but it's like the underlying message the underlying context is, is appealing to that base nature of women um i mean you know i went to university and um my parents didn't go to university and it was thought of as as a very as an achievement as you know you've made it if you go to university and you would be socializing with a different class of people supposedly um if you went to university and you know, if you're a woman and you think that you're going to eventually marry and have children and a family, um, then, you know, your thoughts will inevitably go to what type of husband you'll, you'll want. So I think that the um, secretly, or at least not secretly, but um, the underlying reason is that w women saw it as a way to find better husbands. Um, because you know university was was promoted as this 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 thing that everyone should achieve and especially with um new labor and tony blair in this country in particular which also happened in america as well but if you're in the uk you'll know what i'm talking about because they also um it, they also made loads of polytechnics universities so you used to have less universities and suddenly you had a bunch more are you still there <laughs> yeah um, the um, 
for the American listeners, the polytechnics were the uh, vocational technical colleges. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they decided, that, oh, no, no, that was degrading. Uh, so we'd make them into universities um, <clears throat> instead. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that, that's what Blair did. Uh, Blair, if anyone knows, he's sort of like uh, Clinton, but five years later um, yeah. to a large extent. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, just as a general idea of, 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 of who he is. Um Oh, and just to, just to clarify, people are not aware of the term hypergamy. Uh, hypergamy is the idea that women marry up in social status, and sort of the serial hypergamous woman is the one who finds a guy and then always looking for the better one, and keeps sort of ascending so they can get to the highest sort of social status they can. The evolutionary argument being that um, the husband of highest social status and wealth would be the uh, best source of income and protection for her children. Uh, that's 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 the uh, broad claim. It is interesting you say about though about her hypergamy in women, um, because um, these days there aren't that many places that you can meet um, other men or women in, in either of the cases, because the sort of shared spaces that uh, you would be able to meet people in are somewhat diminished. Um, uh, oh, especially. <laughs> especially well, sorry. Especially these days. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. I mean, far from ideal meeting people in the pub in general, but um, in many cases, but that was a place where you could meet people. Uh, now you don't go. Um, I mean, another thing is I, I, I work from home all the time now. I don't really have any work colleagues. I just do my own thing. So if I was single, I wouldn't. Well, I suppose I'd go out more and go to places and things. But um you know, it, it, it is quite difficult. And um, online online dating, I have no idea how it works. Well, I do. I haven't done it. Uh, at least not, not told my wife. It's a joke, by the way, anybody. Um, is, um, is, is that it's actually kind of better to meet people in reality, especially with men, actually, because men do terribly on online dating sites from, um, from what I've read in, on, in general. So actually having like a, a space where you can actually meet people um, is kind of um, probably useful. Now, I suppose you could say, well, you could do that in schools. But it, again, the hypergamous and, and stuff, it's sort of self-selecting because you go you go to a good university. Are oh, you going to have a higher class man there? You would hope. Um, but um, whether or not um, that is the case is another question. I mean, it's, it's interesting you um, with uh, schools in general. I've had some tutees and, uh, and they were a girls grammar school um, and um, they were constantly beaten over the head with STEM, with science, technology, engineering and maths, yeah. uh, which they were just like they had a zero interest in. At all. And the interesting thing is, I one of them did A-level maths, but like, no, we don't have really any interest in going into these careers at all. Um, but it was just sort of a beaten over the heads that that's something um, that they should do. It's also interesting that... Uh, in my experience that nobody knows anything about fertility over time um because I, I i remember when i was in in uh, schools colleges i did um when i had a bit of time extra like the um per, like the oh what was it called tutorial time or whatever i i did something where do you want to be when you're 40. was it 40 or was it 30. it was 30 or 40 i can't remember which i think it was 40. and um I was saying, like, you know, most of you probably married at some point in your life, typically. Um, and then I, I put figures for like uh, fertility rates and sort of and things. 
I remember the girls thinking, oh, I didn't expect it to be that bad over the age of 30 or like late 20s. And it's like, yep, yep, that's reality. But reality is hidden from you. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think anybody had ever really spoken about that to them. So it's just not really um, joined up. Um, but m- moving on a little bit. Um, Stefan Molyneux, a guy I used to listen to quite a bit, I haven't really listened to him that much uh, recently. Uh, he's a bit repetitive, I think, these days. But one of the interesting things he, he uh, highlighted um, was, was the idea that uh, men propose and women dispose. And um, he highlighted quite a bit that actually women have quite a lot of control over um, their life, um, but tend not to be held accountable for those decisions. So if a woman decides to get the, the hunky guy and get knocked up by him, and uh, he just decides, oh, he can't be bothered with the baby, just leaves, then um, all the blame is on him rather than for her from um, engaging in sort of sexual relations with a guy. He had pretty much had a good idea. Well, he, he was just good looking, uh, but that was about it. Um, and so they tend to be absolved of responsibility in, in those situations as well. Typically, I, I, I believe this is the case, except in some circumstances. But women in general receive lighter prison sentences for the men for similar offences. Although I do think it is the case in some instances that they get harsher sentences. But I think that's a more of a minority case. And I think probably to do with cruelty to children. Yeah, uh, that's uh, right. I think, I think is the one. But in general, women have lower, um, um, have lighter sentences, etc. And generally aren't really sort of held accountable in the same way men are. Um, so would you agree that that's, that is the case? And um, how can society as a whole treat women in such a way to recognise their actual agency? So, um, yes, I very much agree. And one of the one of the reasons I became interested and I got involved um, was because, um, well, when I when I went to university and I I studied feminism in in more depth than just the stuff that they that they was feeding you in society and school in general. um, I remember learning about um, Susan Faludi, the or the way objectification theory and how women are reduced down to body parts in films in film in a film studies class because uh, I did the most Mickey Mouse degree ever and I'm sure you can guess what I did <laughs> and um, and I remember thinking but women that I know um, they like the attention they get from men and they deliberately wear certain things and act a certain way. So they get it and they like men to look at them and they don't like the the, the unattractive men to look at them. But um, but they generally want men to look at them overall. Right. And they want they want to be noticed. They want to be desired. And I remember thinking that this was a decision that women made themselves and this was not forced upon them in society. Um and that was one of the first thoughts I had where I started to question, question what was being fed to me at university quite, um, quite deeply. Um, and so that kind of led on to after some years of me just completely rejecting uh, the feminist term and label. Um, I still believe some of the myths that was 
that was fed to me, but I completely rejected it. And it was because I realized that women were not held accountable at all, especially in things like domestic violence. Um, and I'd had a lot of experience in my own personal life and just that really, um, really made me look at it, opened my eyes because I knew that most cases of domestic violence are reciprocal, which is where both the man and the woman are abusing each other and the roles can change. Sometimes the man is more abusive and sometimes the woman is. Um, the kind of dependent and codependent uh, uh, dynamic that is usually promoted in, in the media um, is actually not the, the, the trend. It's, it's, that's the exception. Um, the rule is generally two dysfunctional people who like to use violence. Um, and also the other data that's collected about it is that most of the time the women start the fight and men end it. So they'll have an argument. The woman might, you know, push the man, throw something at him. Usually a woman will use a weapon rather than her fist. Um, and then eventually he, he'll take it for a while and then he will lose his temper and then give her a punch or a slap or something and then maybe leave the house and it will be done. Yeah, but usually it's the woman that initiates the fight. And um, I remember I remember just being absolutely appalled that no one seemed to hold women responsible for their part in a situation like that, for example. And I think one of the recent examples that disgusted me, reminded me of this even more, was Caroline Flack. So if you're in America or somewhere else in the world, um, you should Google or don't use Google, use some other search engine. But um, uh, Caroline Flack, uh, so she's like a TV presenter. She was on Love Island in the UK and she's clearly had some kind of personality disorder or something because she was had unhinged, erratic behaviour. And she attacked her boyfriend in the middle of the night with a lamp. And like the, there's pictures of the scene afterwards with blood all over the beds. And he basically like she basically assaulted him and could have probably killed him and he took her back because he's in a you know in a that type of relationship where he feels he's under her thrall as it were and um you know um she picked the whole of it felt like the whole of the UK felt sorry for her because what happened was she got arrested and the CPS um the Crown Prosecution Service said they were going to prosecute her even though um the boyfriend wasn't didn't really want to but what's actually happened with the cps and this is a whole other point i can bring up but i won't go into detail now is about um how domestic violence against men has gone up and it's actually gone up so much that um they are being forced to acknowledge it more um with the services that are provided because there are currently hardly literally no, there are no services um, I could tell you there's uh, there are 15 uh, last time I checked there was um, 15 places that m men could go if they needed to escape domestic violence and leave their home for example um, and there are only a handful of men's uh, charities that are that provide services to men the other um, domestic violence charities to provide help for victims is um, they say that they're gender neutral, but what happens when a man calls them is they screen the man as a potential um, abuser because they have a model where they view the man as the abuser. 
And so um, anyway, so what what's happened is the CPS have actually been getting a lot of heat about it. Um, and they m- decided to make this case as an example. And they said, we're going to prosecute because we have to, because this man's a domestic violence victim. We can't let her get away with it. And the reaction was just, utter- I was so, I was really <laughs> just so irritated by the whole thing because um, she she was reported a lot in the tabloids and she got a lot of flack on social media and she got a lot of attention and then um then she killed herself okay and basically everyone was saying that it was because she was hounded by the media and and unfairly prosecuted by the cps and i was just you know i remember talking to a few sort of normie ladies you know the term normie just ladies that I know who I don't talk about any of this stuff with generally but they all watched Love Island so I did bring it up and I said look if it was a man would you have felt sorry for for her or would you be like good he he killed himself because he felt guilty and you know oh well and and they claimed that they would have the same amount of sympathy and I said I really don't believe that for one second um, that you would have the same amount of sympathy and um, so I've, I've gone off on a story as a recent example here, which I'm sorry, but um, but I think that um, what what's happened with all the development with with human development, the industrial revolution, and now the tech tech revolution that we're at now, um, I, I think that men and women are still um, biologically suited to you know, living in a in a hunter gatherer society, or or maybe even a bit further after that, um, and we really haven't changed enough to become where men and women have the same amount of agency, um, equal. And I think that there are exceptions. Some individuals, um, some women can take on more agency than than you would expect and I sort of mentioned that earlier but they are the exceptions in my opinion um I just think that we want to because we're quite a gynocentric species we just want to protect women so much that you know any kind of uh, mental fragility that a woman shows it's just like she has to has to stay alive she has to stay um you know we have to keep her uh, protected so much because you know she is the limiting factor in reproduction and 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 men are more disposable and uh, we still have not got rid of that as much as we'd adv- have so supposedly advanced um and I really just don't I don't see it well I do see it changing and that's an old, whole other conversation but that's not it's not changing it's not changing organically let's put it that way um, I think I've spoken enough now. You can you can respond. <laughs> it's funny you were, you were talking about Caroline Flack because I was uh, I, I, I was googling her to re, um, to remind myself because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Okay. Um, so, I think so, very very the perfect example of of um, a woman not being held accountable. Although I miss although I remember that CPS's um, changing policy slightly differently. Because I thought they prosecuted people for domestic violence even in because they thought too many women didn't want to prosecute their 
uh, boyfriend or husband. But yeah. They, they need to do it. So it was, so it was actually the, the feminist policy that they kind of felt like, oh, well, we put this in because of, well, you know, we, we've got to go into domestic violence because domestic violence must be a lot bigger than anyone says it is. Because that's always the one more. My things I come across with the feminists is, oh, domestic violence is this figure, but I actually really know that it's like a million times higher or worse. Uh, that tends to be, well, like, that may may or may not be true, but... Uh, it I, it I, is worse, but it's worse against men. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know I've got plenty of sources to, to prove that. Um, uh, for example, parental alienation is generally an extension of dom- or continued domestic violence against men, and there has been a... Um, campaign which Philip Davies tried to promote um, and he's probably one of the the only MPs who's ever tried to do anything for men in in the UK Um, and uh, he tried to uh, to be fair there was a couple of other people that supported it but he was the one pushing it and um, yeah sorry they tried to change the definition and if that definition was changed um, then the um, cases uh, official cases of domestic violence against men would skyrocket absolutely skyrocket in this country uh, I, i'm not surprised but it, I, there was just it was it was the um it was the fe- the generally feminist campaign to always prosecute domestic um violence which is what basically yeah, hamstrung, yeah. hamstrung the cps to actually prosecute yeah that's uh, what, that so what i'm saying sorry was that um even though so you're, you're quite right it was the feminists that pushed for the cps to, to mm. push that get that policy but what's been happening and this is another this is a whole nother conversation we can have but what's been happening is there's been so there's been a campaigns which I have sort of been involved in but not on a serious level but um I've 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 been around observing some very hard-working activists who've been put putting heat on the CPS and um the government about this stuff for years um they've basically uh been saying look you need to take the gender stuff the gender equality act is discriminating against men basically and we need to sort that out and men need support too blah 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 and they have been getting a lot of heat and actually the heat has been coming from the trans lobby because the trans lobby are saying well you know you you got to let trans men into refuges and that you need to include them and and so they so they they even though that was designed for women the also the the um the language used is gender neutral although it's filtered through the gender equality act which is not gender neutral it's all very complicated sort of um yeah so they that it was they did do that as a response because it was so the the story of her the the evidence that was because the son published all those pictures of what of of his bedroom and stuff it was so outrageous that they could not they couldn't just go oh she'll just get off on a slap of the wrist and you know a warning they couldn't they had to they had to say right we've got this policy we have to do we have to push it because she it wasn't it, it was pretty bad what she did yeah so um yeah and so it just the amount of sympathy that she got was just it was disturbing <laughs> I found it disturbing anyway. Um, I, I got into quite a few arguments about it with people because I said to them that um, women with uh, borderline personality disorder often um, will try to kill themselves to 
absolved themselves of accountability and perhaps she did that and she just succeeded because generally when women kill themselves they don't succeed men uh, men's suicide rate is like uh, three times as higher as women and and it's because they generally succeed when they do it they when they do it they're actually going to do it and women just do it for attention i'm going to cut in here I, i'm i'm relatively suspicious of the state uh, child protection services what, what they would be called here in the united states um the right to take children away or their right in in family law in general respected and I'm, I'm very much appreciate the men's rights activists okay so first i want to state that uh i very much appreciate that uh as far as i, I want to circle back to the, the sort of beginning uh the discussion here uh with more respect to men versus women uh, Tyler Cowen made a comment, well, he's like a sort of mainstream, once was a libertarian, now is more like he's taking the traditional and become a social democrat of some kind. Um, one said a comment, which I think is 100% true, um, and it mirrors what Miley Annopoulos says, and it mirrors my own personal observation, is that women do quite well in late industrial, whatever you want to call the society that Britain and the United States has. They, they do, they fill most of the high honor, society, honor positions in, in colleges, um, you know, you know, they, they get. I think there's a study the Cato Institute, Institute put out a while back um, that actually found that women, on average, make more. Um, women under 32 or something like that make more money than men, uh, which means. And if I was a corporate boss, I, I, and I actually sort of way experienced this, um, I would I would I would hire women. Um, they're much more agreeable. Uh, they're, they they probably work harder. They take better orders. They're 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 perfect for late modern industrial. Uh, not in labor, since labor is largely gone. It's all done by machines. Um, and the only jobs that you know have are like cottage industries, like fishing or something like that, um, which aren't you know most fish would be is farmed in a tank uh, in some place. And from my understanding, anyway, and farming is all done with computerized tractors. And not they're getting that way. Um, so. You know, have have women just moved? Uh, you know, to me, to, to me, I, I'm always sort of sympathetic to sort of materialist explanation. Although I'm not a materialist, have women just done better at the game lately in terms of education, in terms of uh, schooling, in terms of all sorts of like you know bureaucracies? Uh, you know, if if you ask, they're quite good at climbing bureaucracies. Um, and actually, in Northern European countries. Most of the governments, I'd argue, are probably, I think the entire government of Sweden or Norway is all women. Um, they're not a single man in high positions. And I think the West in general is trending that way. Uh, 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 are women better at late industrial capitalism? I'm going to sort of play devil's advocate in, in, in a certain way for them. I mean, this is, this is probably the strongest argument you could, you could posit towards them. And that's not actually, that's necessarily a good thing necessarily. Uh, because there, even the Marxist Slavoj Zizek was making fun of, um, you know, he was making fun of, uh, uh, you know, uh, judges in European Union trials or something like that, sentencing, you know, young boys to uh, prison who oftentimes are black. This also occurs in New York City and other sort of liberal cities as well. So have women, uh, restate the question, have women just done better in the sort of current game and, you know, we want to change the game. What 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 will be the if if that if that statement is true, Natty? 
Okay, there's a lot. There's a there's so much I could say about here. I think um, I've got various points going through my head with that. Um, with this, I, I guess the first thing I said was I, the first thing I thought was okay. How are we defining capitalism? But let's not um, let's not go there. Uh, so, so I was trying to make a joke. Um, but yeah, uh, I I think the you said that um, women have um, so th the fact that they are doing better would be um demonstrated by the fact that they're in these high level jobs and uh, they're, they're running governments um but i suppose uh we're forgetting to mention that the a lot of the reason they're there is because of positive discrimination and gender quotas um so you know my argument back would be that um the only real reason why most of them are there is because um, they, it's been made easy for them to get there. So, you know, we have these quotas where we need more women in in certain CEO corporate positions. Um, the, the government actively um, has these goals, and even before it was put into governmental policy, it was promoted in a cultural level, and a, you know, um, and, and 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 university admissions. And as uh, Swiffin mentioned earlier, with STEM. They've really been trying so hard to to uh, lower the standards so that women can, um, you know, fill more up to 50 percent of particular positions and stuff. Um, and, I, you know, I don't this is me not saying that w women overall are, are not as smart as men, because we know the bell curve stuff that most women are in the middle and most men are in the middle, too. So it's not even it's not even that from a kind of intelligence level, but they just have different motivations to men, which you sort of discussed earlier. Um, I, I, I think that um, if you're a woman who is just wants to achieve career success, um, you know, you want to get to a certain point, a certain level, earn a certain amount of money and have a certain amount of status, then I guess, yeah, you, you, you're winning and overall your group is winning. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the majority of women actually um, do not do not um, see that as success. Uh, they they are propagandized into believing that that is what they should be doing because we have this whole feminist narrative going back from before the 60s where, you know, women needed to make up for all this time where they were horribly oppressed. And therefore, they have to um, it's like they're getting revenge and they're. They're finally on top now, as as you know, we've fed that stuff all the time, all day, every day in in, in mainstream culture. But um, so they sort of fall for it in the beginning. But, you know, um, you don't even I mean, we actually have studies that, that demonstrate that women are, are family focused and relationship focused compared to career focused. And they're only about 10 to 15 percent of career focused. And I actually think that's even too high. I think it's less than that personally. But um, but yeah, so if if the the fact that they are, you know, winning this game, the fact that they're in those positions, well, it, what game are they playing? Because if most of them are really not actually that happy with the game, as it were, because really they'd be far more satisfied or happier if they were uh, married to a higher status man. And they had a few they had a house full of two or three kids um, or maybe more. But let's just say these days everyone has two or three kids 
uh, or less actually but um, they've got set okay let's just say two kids they have a high status husband and they work part-time on some small little business maybe like a mum 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 what's that term entrepreneur mum entrepreneur <laughs> it's called um business where they have this little part-time work from home thing or, or it might be out of the home that is kind of the ideal scenario for the majority of women honestly like 90 percent of them would be absolutely ecstatic to have that they really women just don't generally want to be the provider they want to work they want to sort of be um you know they, they want influence and they want power but they don't want to be the provider um they still want the man to be the provider even though you know and they, they don't seem to have reconciled the fact that the two have to come together generally so um and if they don't come together then they're going to be 50 50 with their man um their husband uh but yeah so um i guess to summarize my point really is that um that i don't think most women are happy um in those types of roles and i think that um well basically a lot of women have got to those roles because they've had a, a kind of cheat sheet we've had governmental policy pushing them into it and if that policy didn't exist they wouldn't be there and uh, we kind of are going to face a huge backlash and trade-off very soon because um, you know the, you you can't cheat the system forever. I oh I, I would agree. In some extent, I'm playing I'm partly playing devil's advocate here. Partly I would agree that the the system has been you know they've been hounded towards getting you know Swithin was pointing out students. Uh, there've been these sort of formal policy goals uh, to get people in there. But I do think uh, you know as a person who used to work for a Fortune 500 company in a very middle to low role. Uh, I view the job as basically alienating in a certain way. I have a habit of agreeing in certain ways with certain the Marxist claims. Uh, now, whether or not that's just capitalism is sort of a question you could spend. Robert yeah, knows it's Murray Rothbard. You could spend 10, 10 years debating that topic. Yeah. I'm a, a Wittgensteinian when it comes to words. I basically think that if words have standard use, we have to sort of use them as such. Um, uh, you can have sort of private technical definitions if you want, uh, but at some point that just becomes kind of meaningless uh, private dialogue. Um, so, 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 in my experience, you know, I mean, I think four, four fifths or three quarters of my my uh, uh, professors in university were women, for example, and like, you know, in high school and middle school, I think it was probably seven or eight tenths were women. Uh, almost all my bosses in the jobs I've worked were women. And so like in my in my sort of empirical personal reality, women have dominated um, society here in the United States. Uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to sort of concede the game's rigged, but I also think that late industrialism, for better or for worse, is a kind of alienated society. As you point out, hunter-gatherers, uh, it's not it's not a particularly uh, not a particularly enjoyable site. One of the interesting things that we have in the United States, which Europe Europe doesn't really have, um, is we have. A few, this, is, this is actually, you know, Miley Annapolis is good at being controversial, although he might be working for the Feds anyway. Um, he still makes good points. Um, 
you had a huge amount of males in particular in particular black males in prison but white males increasingly too that's one thing that's you bring up a gender disparity that goes the other way men men the very top is occupied by men but all these sort of middle of the pyramids occupied by women and the bottom of the pyramids mostly occupied men if you should have a pyramid of class yeah. uh uh uh, so the top still, you know, the George Soros, the Elon Musk, the Harvey Weins, the Weinsteins, the, the Jeffrey Epstein's, those are the top of the pyramid. But the middle and that middle, that middle might not have existed historically because how much labor is just necessary. You know, what do you think the prospects going forward are to this? I mean, what, you can always try to change the schooling system, de-schooling, homeschooling. And I entirely agree. I, I, I entirely agree with that local parochial small change you know some people take this as lifestyle anarchism in a way i entirely agree with that um but the the school districts and large corporations and governments i mean i, I don't i i i i, I shouldn't view them as lost causes in a certain extent going forward maybe that's overly pessimistic uh outcome um but you know what, what do you think the prospects going forward are for the gender relations. I mean, for one thing, demographic collapse might bring about things. If you, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Fundamentalist Shell and Her at the Earth. And that's po possibly true. Uh, the only people who have children like no, fundamentalist Christians and Islam, Muslims. <clears throat> so that, 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 can always, that can always just sort of, you know, in certain counties in the United States, the only people that count for growth are Amish and certain counties that in Europe, I think, are all the Muslims. Um, I think I think that's basically true. It might not be true everywhere. Um, so what do you think the sort of outcomes for this sort of, you know, whatever you want to describe the current thing going forward? I mean, we can sort of pass around memes and complain about the home services and stuff like that. And I entirely agree. I think it's wretched and wicked, you know, but I, I would in general take this sort of anarchist and just sort of, you know, the state courts are are going to be sort of phony to begin with. Uh, you know, you sort of, you're doing with a kangaroo court in particular for men. What would you make of that, Natty? Are you uh, pessimistic? <laughs> okay. Pessimistic about the future? Is that what you're saying? Is that your yes. Question? Yes. <laughs> unless, unless you mean like that certain religious groups will just have like the only growth that, in that way, then you shouldn't be pessimistic. But otherwise, the sort of formal society, I'm quite pessimistic about. I think what we're getting to here is I wrote this ridiculous, I wrote this like massive posts on Facebook recently because I was responding to something that has been brewing in my, in my, um, in my own circles, which was a question that Swithin actually has wrote in beforehand, which is to do with um, the dissident right and um, technocracy. I think your question is probably leading to that already, but um I don't know if you anyway but so um yes I am pessimist I am I am not optimistic at all I'm I'm I have taken the black pill I'm not uh I'm not I I mean you know I'm trying to be a Christian and um I mean I've always believed in God but uh, but more recently I am actually trying to be practicing Christian and um so I've got to start incorporating the Christian worldview a little bit more, even though I'm, uh, yeah. So 
Um, but in terms of our immediate future, the uh, with, in terms of men and women to get, I, I don't have, uh, I'm not optimistic, really. Um, I think we're going to continue the trends um, that are currently happening with men becoming um, the lower class men, as you kindly pointed out with the, the, um, the, the triangle, which is the perfect representation of what's happened with a small section of men at the top, women in the middle and, and all the other men at the bottom. Um, that's exactly what's going on. Um, and it's really interesting because you were saying before that women, are, maybe you're playing devil's advocate and women are playing the game better than lower class men, I guess, or other men. Um, but really they're not, because they're not really in control because they're still, um, if, if if the feminists and, and women who are careerists think that they are suddenly, you know, running everything and they have power, they, they have some power in the sense that, that they have um, voting power because we have to still have a, some democracy. But um, and they're, you know, they're easily kind of molded, um, but they, they are not still not the ones running things, as you pointed out, I guess. Um I mean, in some ways, you could then we could talk about what the influence of people like George Soros' wife might be, um, but that that would be pure speculation because I don't really know anything about his wife. But I suppose well, the point I'm making here is that um, often when you have a very powerful man who is part of the kind of powers that be controlling things, trying to be Mr. King Go King Globalist or whatever. Um, then uh, often you have you do have a, a wife alongside him. But, you know, I mean, um, Bill Gates got rid of his wife recently and Elon Musk has had a couple. And now he's with Grimes, who's like thinks that we should have AI controlled communism. She's clearly absolutely nuts. nuts. Um, you know, so really, maybe in their cases, the, the wives are not really that influential at all. I mean. I don't think you can influence an autistic guy of that level, personally. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but I, generally, I would have said that, you know, um, um, a married couple would, the, the there would be an influence from a woman in man's life of, of that level. Um, I'm going off on a tangent here, sorry. But um, I think that... Uh, we're just going to continue to see more men stepping out of society and and millennials have been and lower than millennials have been uh, constantly being fed this propaganda that they shouldn't reproduce and that having a family in the family unit is somehow oppressive or archaic and um, they're, not, they're not really going to get their, uh, you know, kind of content and satisfaction uh, by having a family and um you know that that is going to reach peak soon i you know and um that makes me kind of sad but i i i just don't see i don't see i think we're just going to reach the bottom i don't know when the bottom is going to happen because i'm sure there's various other scholared people that have made the predictions but i can see it reaching peak in our life in our lifetime i think um is that does that answer your question? I think there's more to discuss here, but I don't want to keep go wobbling on because I think I need some more. I need you, one of you guys, to jump in and move it along. <laughs> no, within, if you want to continue, please. That's great. 
Um, I, I think Tim's point with the men on top, women in the middle and the men on the bottom uh, actually is something that more traditional societies have polygamy, uh, which is why possibly the, the wives of these rich men are possibly not as influential as they would have been um, probably, well, certainly in the 19th century or earlier. Um, men, British men could, could divorce their wives, but it's significantly more difficult than it is today. Um, so it just seems to be going to a more sort of polygamous society, which then really does accentuate, accentuate sort of the big man on top with these uh, veritable harem where um, most men on the bottom don't have any wives, which, of course, gives the men on top significant more power than they would do if they were sort of um, monogamous. Um, on the general um, trends for the future, I think I would be generally pessimistic. I, I think I'm always pessimistic in the medium term, but more optimistic in the long term. Um, but certainly nothing is particularly going in a good uh, direction at present. Um, I, I, I think I'm tempted with the fundamentalist will inherit the earth thesis. Uh, I do think there is some element of truth of that, although the large Muslim population in England um, could well make that somewhat of a problem in certain instances. Um, yeah. So that's... Can I, can I jump in here? Yeah, yeah, go, 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 go for it. Okay, so um, this is what I was talking about when we spoke about the dissident right and their treatment of women um, and their attitudes and the the fact that people who are very enthusiastic about Moldberg and um, neo reactionary thought um, there's a there's a not there's a kind of contingent that are very happy to see women. Um, basically have all their agencies stripped and the, the little agency they do actually have but um you know so um and really i think that um we might see so the two things going on here was what i was talking about before is that um we have we have this um movement towards transhumanism going on right so people like elon musk perfect example um and his new wife grimes who is like a transhumanist um nutcase um you know and i actually like some of her songs I think they're quite catchy but if you look at her whole aesthetic and what she talks about and everything about her and him um well you know his granddad was a uh a part of technocracy from from um its origins um you know, uh, they they really are like enthusiastic transhumanists. And ultimately, the goal is to get rid of gender and to move past human reproduction as it as it is now. Um, and, um, you know, so why that links with the dissident right for me is what I was talking about before, is that um, there ha there is a kind of contingent of sort of discussion online that are saying that, you know, we can use this kind of technocracy model of running society um, to bring back traditionalism, but we'll have it in a kind of uh, tech, you know, post-industrialist way. And, um, you know, we'll be able to um, take over from the horrible Marxists and, and progressives. And, um, you know, as long as we're running it, everything will be fine, you know, that that whole thing and and uh, but the attitude towards women is that basically women will just become property again 
Um, but, you know, it's a questionable as to women, whether women were ever really property in the West anyway. Um, so they I don't know why they seem to think that they really were. Um, I mean, women, um, women are, uh, are being bought by men. I mean, that's kind of true. Um, but when when they say women are property or should be thought of as in that way, it you know, it's, it's not the same thing. Um, anyway, so um what i was going to get to here is i i sort of um predicted that was i was speculating that this plan to go towards this this ridiculous um trans you know gender free transhumanist uh utopia you know i think it will fail um they're trying their best to get there but i think it will fail and um ultimately and what we probably will have is um the handmaiden's tale and uh and i you know i don't want to say that that's exactly what's going to happen because some people will say oh no that's a bit you know reactionary dramatic or whatever but when you when you if you've read the book or um i haven't actually read the book but a friend of mine read it and she gave me a very detailed review of it and i've watched some of the tv show um but in that world you know they had there was a strong fundamentalist reaction to neoliberal neoliberalism and and liberal a liberal um society that's reached its de- degenerate end point i guess and also there was a demographic problem so you know the poor women had to become the um incubators for the rich and and um and also the the poorer men the lower class men were sort of given roles again um and uh, but not necessarily wives so to me i think um once this techno te- uh, technocracy it, uh, takeover fails then we're going to have the handmaiden's tale and it might be via islam like you just mentioned which is why i wanted to jump in because i don't see it being via christianity personally i think it's more likely to be islam which would be the religious component of it it's interesting you mentioned that because Peter Hitchens' interpretation of the book is actually inspired by Islam, not Christianity. And actually, the he claims that the TV show basically says it's Christianity, but actually Margaret Atwood was really uh, looking forward to a more of an Islamic-dominated one. Because one of the interesting things is with property of women is obviously in Christianity, polygamy is prohibited. Um, and so... Um, by that sense, the status of, of the wife is necessarily higher. Uh, well, assuming it's not serial monogamy. Islam, woman is not property either. Um, that's a mistake. No, 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 no. I wasn't saying that. What I meant was um, they would have less influence. Well, my, my general statement is Islam is polygamous. And in polygamy, polygamous societies, women typically have less influence than they do comparatively with monogamous one. That that's all my claim. Mm, yeah, yeah. How? So oh, let, me, let me cut in here. Uh, you spoke about definitions, and I think I oftentimes think definitions have. That's actually one of the things that me and Swithin met on um, is a discussion on definitions. Is uh, would you say the current world is? In some ways, it sounds laughable. In some ways, it doesn't sound laughable. Would you say the current world is feminist? Uh, at its core, because on the one hand, on the one hand, you have the, the sort of 
real, if there is a ruling class, what I think there is, that's 99, the true ruling class is 99% male. But the managerial class, on the other hand, is probably like 80%. If you read like Burnham's managerial revolution and things like that, that and which comes from Weberian, which sort of comes out of Weberian capitalism. What do you think Weber's right or whatever? The managerial revolution is true. I think empirically it's probably true. Uh, you have that, you, those people, they rule, and they also rule other women too, to a large extent, you know, the universities, the corporations. And Northern Europe is sort of the model that the United States probably will take in 30 years. Um, um, and Britain is probably almost there. We're getting closer to there. Uh, so would you say the current society is, air quote, feminist? I mean, because you make the one argument, it's like, no, they, they're not yet in there. Although people like Hillary Clinton are trying. Um, um, but on the other hand, on the other hand, it's like that. So my, I'm, you know, you know, I, I, I sort, I, the whole, you know, I, I, I sort of have to laugh. In some ways, I have to laugh when the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing came out, which I, I, I just sort of, you know, I, I just that that just, that just made me. It sounds somewhat sadistic in a sense, but on another way, it's like, has anything really changed um, since the Ancian regime? What would you make of that, Natty? He's speaking of definitions. In the middle, I think it's clearly feminized, but I what would you say? Define feminism, which is great. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so is current society feminist? So uh, feminism's definition is the belief that men have have or and currently do um, oppress women um, and have done for... Well, there's two there's two streams of thought about it. That it's the last hundred years, or at least from the, the turn of the the beginning of the 1900s, uh, or just you know after the Industrial Revolution, because um, before then apparently they weren't oppressed. But then the other stream of thought is that they've always been oppressed by men, and that's the more radical side of it. Because um, you know there's lots of rad femmes that are kind of into this whole. W women are basically oppressed by their biology and they will they will say it's men but when you actually discuss it with them they really just have a problem with women's biology um but that's a whole nother uh, that's another conversation but um but yeah so if if the definition is that women are oppressed by men um and men are part of the patriarchy and the patriarchy um are the um elite the, the top one percent of men um and so the 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 definition is that the belief is that that men buy into the patriarchy and therefore um they're oppressed by the patriarchy too but they still buy into it because it's like a carrot and stick thing for them you know the patriarchy go here you go lower class man here you go here's a bit of carrot follow the carrot around you'll be you can become like me if you do this this and this and they get uh, you know, rewarded for following the patriarchy, um, and it, that so that that would be a kind of more more in, more uh, intelligent feminists argument. You know, the kind of bog standard lower uh, woman who says she's feminist doesn't really know anything about feminist um, theory and is just kind of following whatever. She'll just she'll just say that. Uh, that all men oppress women in general and won't really know the kind of more nuance about the theory. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would, I would say um, that most men 
I don't know where am I going here um I would say that most men do not benefit from the patriarchy if we if we're just saying that the patriarchy are the top one percent of of men who are you know the these puppet master types um I I don't believe that they are benefiting at all um so um if if this is you asking if the feminist theory is correct and um or or if if women have won in through feminism have they won they have they become powerful is is everything you know have they become um if it's more you know then that well we've sort of agreed they, they haven't really um and that men don't really benefit from the patriarchy if that's how you're defining them um and they they never really did um so i guess um i guess it, it, society is feminist um in so many ways but um yeah i sorry i've lost my i've lost my train of thought here but no uh, i i want to stress i want to stress the stuff you were saying about like abuse and those points i entirely agree with the stuff uh, the school points I entirely agree with the the general the general insight they have. I entirely agree, both firsthand and empirically, and, and that and all those points uh, I, I I agree with. Um, um, but on sort of more meta level, um, at times at times you know at times I I think of myself as playing devil's advocate, but at times I think uh, on the other hand what has changed, and that's actually that's actually a sort of that's in a way a sort of, you know, an optimistic, an optimistic tone that it's actually not as bad as we stated. That's that's you get you get so far you get so far down the pessimism that the only place to go is up. Um, that this might not be a bumper sticker, but uh, on the other hand, you know, I, I I'm I'm a full advocate of what Bukharin, not Bukharin, um, the guy the the guy. He's, he used to be a left-wing anarchist, then became a libertarian. He calls it lifestyle anarchist. I'm a full advocate of that. Homeschooling, anything of that degree, people dropping out of society to the best of the ability. Um, and actually, the Amish themselves are an interesting group that did this very well. And other groups have done this very well. And it's worth pointing out the, um, you know, the fact that the the fact that the ISIS Muslim Brotherhood or Taliban won against the most advanced military on earth for like 18, beat them in 18 year war and only 30 years ago beat the second most one, the Soviet Union, I think is a quite an interesting, interesting uh, going forward. I mean, the sort of Eurasian landmass um, um, going forward. So, so those are my, I, I appreciate what you do and everything, um, but on a meta level, I, I remain, I rem it remains complicated. You even sort of brushed away the Handmaiden's Tale, which I think is somewhat funny. You also got another book like Fifty Shades of Grey, which is another funny book that sort of appeared. Jordan Peterson was making fun of the fact that this book was popular. Um, um, oh, Jordan, I, Jordan Peterson has says that it has pro Jordan Peterson has problems. The book has problems, but I think the, the the correct point that this book has an audience in a society that claims to be feminist is all laughable because you have like uber uber mensch par excellence identified. In the, the the protagonist there, I from my understanding. Um, so so I I do think if you sort of look at more abstract levels, things being on the micro level, I agree with you. Swithin, do you have any comments on what we've been talking about? Um, and give me a chance to to catch my breath here.
No, I, I, I would I would say that society is sort of broadly feminist, at least in what it believes about itself. But also feminism as uh, sort of an ideology is impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think that's what we, we, we've got. And, and I, I think the, the choice really is, I think, primarily between the monogamous and polygamous society, really. Um, and actually, as it were, the, the polygamous society is much more inegalitarian than the monogamous society, given the concentration of power and wealth uh and and women that the um the big man can get uh which is actually ironic considering a lot of the um the feminist movement comes out of marxism uh so i do think that's somewhat ironic uh, but yeah that that, that, would, that would be my my, my take is feminism is actually impossible uh, but it still doesn't stop people from believing it and um, taking a lot of people down with belief uh, which seems to be the current situation I think that um, you guys, um, yeah, I guess I guess what you're saying, you're accepting that the um, the kind of feminist marketing that we could have we could have a 50-50 equal society and we women could be in control and in power. Um, but when you ask when you ask feminists who are feminist campaigners what their end goal is, for example, the Women's Equality Party in UK. Um, they they have actually explicitly numerous times said um, we don't have an end goal. They've never they've never claimed an end goal. They've never said this is this question has been asked to them before because I used to follow them quite closely because I we tried to debate um, Sophie Walker whatever her name was um, numerous times when I was with the Liberty Bells and uh, and I tried to debate her in person once and she just like try to uh, try to run away from me but um but like they have explicitly said we don't have an end goal because numerous times people said to them at what point in society will we have reached peak feminism will 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 women be equal to men will we have we won't be oppressed anymore um and they refuse to define it so they know that it is a fraud inherently, I believe, um, and they they know that it's just a way of gaining as much power as possible, um, and it's it's all kind of nudge nudge wink wink in some ways. Um, although you do have the 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 radical feminists who do seem to have legitimate psychological problems when you talk to them in person. I actually feel sorry for them, honestly. Um, but yeah, and also the 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 turfs are right about the tranny stuff, um, in some ways. But yeah, that's a side point. But um, yeah, so you know, I think they kind of know the ones who are doing the serious campaigning work. They they kind of know that it is impossible to reach this kind of because the goal has always been vague and in the first place, and it's because well they weren't. I don't they. I personally believe that feminism was never, never um, an ideology that was supposed to be taken particularly seriously with an end goal. It, it was, it was just used as a vehicle to get to a certain point for technocracy and globalism. That's just my opinion. 
I, I, I do think the uh, the stated lack of goal of the Women's Coalition Party, similar with the left in general, but it seems just a, a recipe for permanent revolution uh, without any uh, idea of when we are actually there. Similar to the, the sort of even the radical left, like, oh, what will society look like when the revolution is genuinely taking place? They don't know. Um, well, they just know they have to be against things. And it's also supposed to be a negative ideology. The the end goal is is I in my opinion is is to remove gender completely and for us to become kind of these kind of weird androgynous drones. Um, and I I know that sounds all very dramatic and sci-fi like, but that is gen that is kind of the end goal. Um, but they don't they won't they don't want to say that because the feminists, the progressive leftists are are kind of the useful idiots to move towards that being as an accepted um goal in society and and we already have it with all the trans stuff and then all of the ai and and then you know even migtow has been pushed towards that because there's quite a few a lot of this kind of uh, idea that uh we should we should be happy about you know artificial wombs um because it will remove women's monopolizing their control their monopoly over reproduction for example um I want to cut in here. There is always an on-running contradiction here, which which can be solved in theory, but probably never implemented in practice. Um, and the the Quakers have probably done it. The Quakers have probably, in theory, have done it the best. The first group to probably put women's in some sort of air, now they wouldn't call it leadership, um, but you have to put. I, I'm putting air quotes here. Is the Quakers, of course. Um, and the Quakers did this, but they called themselves the Society of Friends, where everyone was an equal. Um, so, so if you had the uh, George Fox's wife, of course, would give read whatever um, sermon or so forth in there, and they were the first group to really do this with a capital D. Um, and some people could probably find some group in the early church of the sixth century that did this, but in general, they were the first group to do this. Um, and again, the the best Marxists are sort of dissident Protestants, certain random Protestant groups. Um, um, uh, I think the Oneida Christians were the first to have. Egalitarian marriage. The Quakers also are the first to have egalitarian marriages as well. Um, so if you're a straw man, if you want to straw man the, the Marxists, it's always good, in my opinion, to find some Protestant sect, um, um, and, and in that you can find the uh, the best role because then you, you also get the teleology out of it too, which the Marxists generally um, get rid of. Um, so if I were to straw man the left, and the left always has a problem when it gets power, um, you know, because you need to implement the revolution. This is where the whole vanguardism thing comes up. You know, who, you know, you know, what, what are we doing? We're doing a revolution in the name of the people. Are we part of the, are, aren't we part of the bourgeois ruling class ourselves? You know, Engels and 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 Lenin are like the richest, comes from like the, one of the richest families in I think Vienna or Switzerland. Um, so those are the, to me sort of the always contradiction um, there, sort of their outlook. But Swithin or Natty, if you want to sort of comment on that, I think we should wrap this up. This is going on. For quite some time, so. Nancy, any comments on what's been uh, said? Yeah, no, you you go ahead, and I will I'll go after you. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I was going to switch gears slightly. Um, just on the last you've mentioned before. Um, the um. The right in general, the libertarian right, whatever, is very is much more male focused than the left, even though the the left politically is still primarily male because politics is primarily male. Um, 
what do you think the right and libertarian right can do to be um, I don't say women friendly, as in you have a positive sort of, sort of outreach program? But is there anything you think in your experience that they do that uh, dissuades women from being involved or um, a part of the movement which would make them more attractive to society as a whole rather than just being seen as a bunch of autistes? Sorry, I got handed the baby, so... um. That's fine. um so yeah so as someone who got um interested in libertarianism um i mean i've got a whole story about that to do with my family history but for that aside um and then and then also i i i've been sort of listening to the dissident right for the last few years and i've got friends that that are you know interested in it and and discuss it and whatever and 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 most of them are male and, and in fact, the um, uh, the only females that are interested in it really are like autistic. Um, so I don't really understand what I'm doing here because I'm autistic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, uh, I think that the um, the kind of autistic, sorry to keep using that term, um, uh, level of de- uh, abstract debate about you know free market theory or or whatever else um that really puts women off because women generally are a little bit more um uh practical they want to talk about um how is this going to be implemented in their everyday life because um you know women well as you as you've correctly pointed out they're not necessarily going to be the one who is responsible for everything because they're not going to be that top 1% male, um, male leader. Um, and also, you know, they, women's role really, um, their, their sphere of influence in society is children. Um, and you know, if they're going to have a husband and a family and multiple children, they are molding the, the children, um you know every day and so therefore their sort of influence is on that level um on the domestic level on the the level of building children and building their their minds and um building their characters and i think that if you're going to appeal to women then you should appeal to their maternal sensibilities really even the ones that claim to be all into career and all that they still they still tend to drift or become or they're interested in things from that angle um you know and so um i think molyneux did um a very good thing he he, he achieved the correct um sorry he, he had the right idea when he started doing his calling shows and and then therefore um if the women are listening to the calling shows then um then they start listening to his theories about other things right and so um i would say that that uh, because women are focused on relationships and how if they're focused on on how they are building children uh children um and their characters and and their psychology um 
then that's why, you know, they're going to be interested in listening to someone pour their heart out to Stephen Molyneux in the Pauline show, for example, right? So, you know, I think that's where um, that's that's where the, the kind of libertarian angle and, and the dissident right, as I've mentioned already, um, if we're moving into the kind of um, the neo-reactionary stuff or the tradition traditionalists, um, they they need to talk about motherhood and how and how important it is and how um, and how women have so much power and agency in motherhood because that's where women's agency is really um, it's with children and it's with motherhood and it's with creating a nurturing community um, that is where their agency lies and um, that's where they're going to thrive and that's where they have the most potential. And I, so that is where, you know, um, it needs to go. If you're going to attract more women to the conversation, you can still talk about um, some of the key principles and concepts and the ideas about it, um, but just on in that context, I, I think. And if, if you know, um, if anyone who is in, you know, a, a young man who's in the dissident right, who's lost all hope um, in ever having a successful relationship with a woman or or about anything to do with, you know, for the future, but they just need to go and have a look at online homeschooling businesses and the women that basically spend all their time. Um, they, they homeschool their children. They set up a small little business online, selling resources to other women and doing videos about it. And like that, then you'll see that's where women thrive and you'll see the free market, as it were, in action because they are doing their own thing. They're creating their own little businesses, creating their own networks. Um, and it's none of it is directly regulated by the government in, in a way that other industries may be, for example. And, um, you know, I think that they need to stop talking about, well, you know, women just need to... Um, just, you know, go, go, you get married young and you have your kids and, you know, you're going to be more traditional and be, be trad or whatever. And, you know, you're just going to go over there and put a dress on and cook dinner for us and that's whatever. And it's like the only guys that can get away with talking to women like that are the chads, okay? Because women will go, oh, well, you know, um, he's a chad, so um, it's okay if he's a bit of an arsehole. But most other men cannot get away with being arseholes like that. And we all know that. Right. And let's be true. Let's be real here that that um, most the, the guys that spend their time um, arguing all this kind of political theory online, they don't tend to be the chats. Let's just 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 be honest, you know. So you can't. You, they have to be aware of where their, their position is with women and they have to, you know, just kind of market these ideas to women um, in, in in a way that women understand. And women will be like, okay, well, my role is to, um, you know, influence the children, basically, and look after the home and and maybe run a business. But the, the business is focused on the local level. Right. And, um, you know, that's how the terms that you need to talk to women in. Even the most modern careerist woman will respond to that, I believe. I would uh, broadly agree with that. And I'd just like to thank you for your time. It's been very interesting and entertaining. 
Uh, now, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And please subscribe to us on Podbean on YouTube. The more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcrimelibertyshow.com.